Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Unleashing Possibilities podcast. This is Mark, and Christy is here. Hi, mentors. Wonderful to be with you as always. Today, we're going to spend some time talking about how do we embrace our own pain and suffering, recognizing that pain and suffering is a natural part of the human experience, and as human beings, we can be really quick to not want to experience the pain and suffering or cause ourselves to not embrace it. And there's a, an understanding that, that comes from so, much, um, so many teachings in ancient wisdoms around when we resist pain and suffering, we actually prolong it and it can get larger in our lives. So while this notion of embracing our pain and suffering may seem like a crazy idea, there's a lot of healing that happens when we do that. And the distinction here is when we talk about embracing pain and suffering, we're not talking about um, diving into it and wallowing in it and rolling around in it and getting stuck in it. We're talking about acknowledging it, turning toward it, so that we can uh, allow what it has to teach us and what it has to show us that's important in life, be a part of life. So today we want to talk about having an understanding of the backdrop of pain and suffering, what brings it into our life, kind of in a, in a more meta uh, way. We'll talk about the backdrop of what brings pain and suffering, and then we'll talk about ways that we can reduce our pain and suffering, and why that becomes important is for our own healing and transformation. Um, you've probably heard us say on this podcast and other places, what we resist persists. So when we can turn toward our own pain and suffering with courage and compassion, breakthrough happens. And that's what we want to have happen with our youth. Because we live in a culture that wants to shift us to the power of positive thinking. And it sounds so wonderful and so beautiful. But what the power of positive thinking can do is have us turn away from our pain and suffering so that it goes into our shadow, into our darkness. And there's where the suffering really begins. And so when we can turn toward it, we bring it into the light. And that's where we can actually tend to it and care for it. And that's why this topic is so important for what we're working with, with young people who come from such difficult backgrounds and challenging backgrounds and trauma. And some mentors, as we dive into this topic today, really inviting you to reflect on how do you do when it comes to meeting your own pain and suffering and really getting in truth as you think about how are you going to be of support to your mentee in embracing all of that as well, just knowing that it can be really uncomfortable. So let's explore kind of the first area, and that is kind of a fear of losing something, a fear of something that we have or something that we want not being there or going away, slipping away from us. And so we think about in our lives, we can grasp and attach to material things. We can attach to people. We can attach to experiences from the past that we're trying to recreate in the present and in the future and so many more things. Or mood, we're trying to attach to what we consider a good mood or a positive mood or a happy mood, and we get so attached because we're so afraid of that mood going away. Yeah, and so this 
fear of losing things um, actually has us spending a lot of time and energy working toward that. And what that does, which we'll is spend a little bit more time in, at the end of the podcast talking about, it cuts us off from being in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And so again, we're grasping, we're, we're spending time in this fear. So again, we're bringing these uncomfortable emotions and kind of wallowing in them or festering in them or allowing them to really expand because we're grasping so hard at something that we're afraid we're going to lose. So this idea of that we're afraid of losing a person or an experience or a mood or a relationship or a thing that's really important to us, by not acknowledging that we have the fear of losing that, we're avoiding uh, what is actually bringing the pain and suffering. So if we can turn toward and acknowledge, I'm actually afraid of losing you or losing our friendship or uh, of losing the energy that we have when we get to work together. Um, if I don't acknowledge that I'm afraid of losing that, then I spend a lot of time really trying to perform or, as you've talked about, grasp at recreating this every time instead of just being present in what is here. And that's how we end up in more pain and suffering is by avoiding our fear of loss. So that's one of a few ways that we can bring about pain and suffering in our lives. Another one is the lack of what we call the lack of dwelling, or it's the lack of having a place or a sense of, right, the felt sense of having a place that I can call home, where I feel safe, I feel connected, I feel belonging, I feel like I have purpose Mm -hmm. and meaning in this space. So when we don't have that in our life, when I don't have a place of dwelling, but I'm not able to name it, um, when I don't have a place of belonging or meaning or contribution and I'm not able to name it, then again, it's I get caught up in this um, way of being, of trying to feel that emptiness, feel that void, feel that loneliness, feel um, that space that feels like a great void in my life where... Um, in all of that doing and all of that busyness, I'm actually causing myself more pain and suffering versus turning toward this acknowledgement that there's something in me that feels vacant or empty or not tended to or safe and secure. And that that's, again, a human condition and tendency. It's not something wrong with me. And we live in a culture that can reinforce that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about Again, avoiding it can cause more pain and suffering, whereas naming it and naming it as a human experience can help bring some ease to it. So when we listen to our youth, can we listen to what they're saying in a way of picking up on in the backdrop? Is there this story of I don't belong? I, um, I don't feel at home in this world. I'm not sure what my contribution is. Can we listen in that way to name it and to name that that is something that causes many people pain and suffering mm-hmm. and start working on how do we start filling the void, not with the busyness, but with the qualities of who we are and starting to come more in contact with them. Mm-hmm. In addition to kind of this fear of losing things and this lack of dwelling, we also can see pain and suffering coming from technology. And it feels hard to talk about technology because it's so easy to notice all of the great things that technology does for us, all of the benefits and the values. 
and how it allows us to live our lives more effective, more efficient, be more organized. And we can sometimes get so consumed in wanting to include technology in so much of what we do that we don't stop to actually reflect and, and ask ourselves questions like, how is this technology serving me? Is it actually allowing me to be my own self-care? How is it impacting my mental health? How is it impacting how I'm treating my body? Um, how is it impacting how I'm connecting to people and relationships? And so we sometimes get so consumed in it, we don't actually stop to actually notice what is it doing to me in my own physical, mental, and emotional spaces. Mark, what fascinates me about this of understanding how technology can bring pain and suffering is, you know, in modern day, we tend to think of this, I think, as our cell phones, um, social media, and so on, which has really been around, what, for a couple of decades, maybe mm -hmm. three. Um, but this idea of the harm of technology and pain and suffering was written about, um, and here on the podcast, of course, I can't think of the philosopher's name, but it was written about over a hundred years ago. So, so we knew this. We've known this as something bigger happening in our um, in our modernity that's happening in the human experience and how we're being impacted. And we don't bring this forward today to demonize technology because it makes our lives so much richer in many ways. But to start to name that when it's running us instead of supporting us, it can bring harm and suffering and pain into our lives. And I was reading a recent um, study around social media that spoke about there's a point in social media and scrolling that I can feel richer and have ideas about my future desired vision of my life. And then there's a threshold of then I start to feel actually more lonely and isolated with it. So there's this starting to notice our experience of when is it supporting us to give me ideas for my vision of my future, and when is it crossing into the threshold of bringing more isolation, disconnection, um, and kind of self-criticism. And that, that's a unique line for each one of us as humans, but starting to notice what's our relationship with technology in that way. And then the last one we'll spend some time talking about today is not having or the lack of having a role model. So it can be, you know, challenging sometimes, especially when we think about, you know, current events and current challenges and what's present in the world today. We sometimes can struggle with how do we meet life in this moment? We've never experienced this as a humanity before. And so if we don't have a role model who can maybe help inspire or guide and also challenge our mindsets in ways that invite us to grow and develop through the uncomfortable. We can be stuck listening to others who maybe don't have our best interests in mind um, or who are meeting the situation from a previous mindset that really just doesn't apply and doesn't support us in how we can show up as a human being in this present moment. When we, when we study this uh, more deeply about how the lack of a role model uh, impacts pain and suffering, we're not talking about celebrities in this way. It certainly could be a celebrity, but what we're really talking about are role models like, I think in my lifetime, of Nelson Mandela or 
Mother Teresa, um, those that were showing us the way to be with pain and suffering in the world and were giving us a map by observing how they were in the world with those who were ill or sick or hurting or um, um, just in their own difficulties. And so they showed us beautiful ways about how to be with the human experience. So when we're talking about role model in this way, we're not talking about, as I said already, like celebrities and who's got the best outfit and who's wearing what shoes and showing us um, kind of the way of fashion or, or, or whatever that may be. But we're talking about role models who show us about how to be with humanity and that our modern day world seems to be amiss. Uh, with some of those figures in the way that we've known them historically. And so that, that's not giving us a map for how to navigate pain and suffering or our younger generations to have that map about how to be with others in difficult times. So that's what we're talking about here when we talk about the lack of having a role model that shows us how to meet the humanity of pain and suffering. And so as we think about these things that can bring about more pain and suffering in our lives. Let's spend a few moments talking about, so what are some things that we can do knowing that these are the things that can bring on pain and suffering? And the truth is we already talked a little bit and gave some hints as to what those might be. So let's just clearly now kind of share more about how can we meet the pain and suffering and the way that allows us to really be with it and not create more excess pain Mm -hmm. and suffering. And I think one of the things that feels important to me to name right now is that we've talked about really, as I said, meta big buckets of what might be happening in the backdrop of our culture and our society that's bringing about pain and suffering in humanity, and then how those get magnified or or brought into a person's life in a very tactical way, right? Like I can name that um, the fear of losing my friendship with you would bring me fear and bring me pain and suffering or that I doom scroll too long on Instagram brings me pain and suffering but we're framing them in these really big ways because the invitation here mentors is how do you start listening to your young person instead of just moving right into the solution so that the solutions that we offer or the antidotes I I like that word better than solution the antidotes that we offer are meeting their their development as a human and the capacity that we can help build in them instead of the quick fixes of just don't look at your phone as much, right? But can we really hear what's happening in the backdrop and bring something forward that's more about their human capacity? So that's the mm-hmm. antidote to pain and suffering that we're offering here as we talk about it. Yeah, great segue. So as you think about this fear of losing things, we talked earlier about how can we really accept those fears, um, the fears of contact with our human beings going away, maybe the fear of our legacy being unfulfilled. So if we can accept that we have these fears and understand them, it can then open up the possibility to really live fully. So the invitation here is how can we truly live in the present moment? And so instead of spending a lot of time and energy in resisting, can spend a lot of energy going into this moment going into the present yeah and how do how do we bring energy to this moment oftentimes is with just the act of gratitude um 
the sensation and emotion, embodiment of gratitude. You know, it's probably no secret to people, we work a lot together and we've worked a long time together. Um, and in that, you know, we've had difficulties that, you know, we probably, you know, I know I'm so adorable and lovable, Mark, but I'm sure there's many times you want to just snap my head off my shoulders, right? But what, what allows us to move into that, that understanding how important this relationship is, is being grateful for all it keeps opening in my own life, even in moments of frustration, um, and what my life would be like if I didn't have it. And so it brings me closer to that understanding of the appreciation and then what the real fear is would be losing the friendship with you. So using this as an example, if we can listen to our young people, what relationships are important? Which ones are they really fear of losing? And how do we invite a conversation of the energy that comes in the gratitude for what that relationship opens for them so they can live more fully and present in that relationship? And again, recognizing that technology can have some harm in our lives, create more pain and suffering. Can we really be mindful? I loved what you said earlier about our experience with the technology. So can we really notice what's happening in our our head center, our heart center, and our body centers when we're engaging with technology and reflecting on, do I feel more energized, more resourced? Do I feel like this is supporting me? Or do I feel more drained, more disconnected? under-resourced as a result and through through that we can start to recognize what are some of the shifts I might need to make and how I engage and use technology so that I can be really resourced to be present in life. I love the way that you brought this in Mark of checking in with our head heart and body space it made me think yesterday I was engaged in a project all day at the computer very engaged with technology and research online and on and on and on and at five o'clock yesterday, I had a stop, and I joined in a meeting that I attend weekly on Tuesday evenings that starts with a meditation. And when I got into that meeting, and the meditation was sense into your body, it was like the first time in the day, I was like, oh, I have a body, like I have a stomach that's hungry right now, and I have a heart that's beating, and I'd been so disconnected from that all day. And if we don't stop to pause and check, right, we might not realize, like, oh, that that technology has entered here in a way that it's 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 no longer supporting me. It has kept me from being present in my own fullness today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I appreciate in your story, and I think reminder for me is about how much dosage of technology as well, too. Yeah. And am I, am I giving my space self the space to step away for a bit? Mm-hmm. And then we can move on to uh, another antidote is to understanding our place of dwelling, that we have purpose and contribution and meaning and belonging in the world. This is where we can start to observe the evidence all around us that we do belong, especially for our young people. They have an experience at school today where they felt ostracized or left out or ridiculed or made fun of, whatever, and that, that may be a very real experience it is a real experience for them but can we also help them start to name all the ways that they are appreciated and loved and that they do belong and that they make a contribution and that's by looking for the evidence of that as much as we look for the evidence that we don't belong so can we help them can we name 
in our appreciation of them. This is how you made a difference for me. This is the contribution you're bringing to my life. This is the way that I see you in the world um, having meaning and belonging. Here's how the world would be amiss without your presence, without your qualities, without your skills, without the conversations you bring forward coming into the world. So when we can do that, we can start to find intentional ways to appreciate the journey for ourselves, but also help model and bring that into our young people's lives. And this becomes the antidote to not feeling like we belong, to knowing that we have purpose and meaning. And lastly, we can really start to reflect on who are people in our community or from afar who we can or perhaps continue to look to for some guidance and inspiration. And I love that we can have really an intentional conversation with our mentees as well too about who are the individuals in your lives that you look to for advice or how to engage life and the world and what's present. And um, I think like we alluded to earlier, we might learn that maybe there are some influencers that they're following that don't have their best interests in mind. And so how can we get more curious with them about what is it about these individuals that you are drawn to and then help that and then have a conversation about what is it that you really want to be up to in this world and in life and what are the qualities that you want to cultivate or bring forward and, and how do we help them to start to identify people who resemble more the individuals that they aspire to and the way of meeting life in a more authentic way yeah so beautiful so mentors are called to action on how do we help embrace our own pain and suffering is start to reflect on your own where is pain and suffering in your life that you might be avoiding or turning away from and can you start to bring um, a lens to it to look at in the four categories we brought today of ways of looking at what's the bigger bucket that this pain and suffering might be sitting in what can I learn from that about what's important what relationships important where's my contribution in the world where um, where am I spending too much time in technology and not enough time in relationships and emotions with people? And who is it that I'm looking to to be my guide about how to navigate this work? So can we spend some time in self-reflection of what's present in our own lives? And then we invite you to commit to building capacity alongside your mentee as well. And as they share about experiences in their lives that bring about pain and suffering, really pausing and being curious and listening to really hear what's important to them underneath that pain and suffering. And they're looking to us, right, that as part of their role models. How do we navigate this? Can we do so with grace and compassion for self and others so they can see it right up close with us? And of course, we invite you to also have this discussion with your program coordinator. What's coming up for you? What, how's this impacting this conversation that we're having right now, impacting your view of your mentoring relationship and the possibilities that you see there? And as always, we thank you for listening. And until next time, keep unleashing possibilities. <laughs>